Welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Crew, a mom to twin girls, small town family doctor, and an anxiety and mindset coach for moms and mompreneurs. Let's face it, motherhood is an adventure, and it can be all-consuming if we let it. I believe that too often we lose ourselves when we become mothers, and our lives run us rather than us running our lives. This podcast is designed for the multi-passionate but overwhelmed mom who is ready to master her mindset, quiet the chaos, and create the life and business of her dreams without sacrificing what's important to her. Each week on this show, I'll bring expert tips, guest interviews, and a healthy dose of honesty to help you finally step back into your power and create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready? Let's do this. Thank you for everyone who is going to be tuning in live with us. I'm super pumped to have Dr. Brittany Howell here with me. She is a vascular surgeon from Connecticut. Um, Yeah, who um, is also a health coach for for high achieving moms. And I'm really, really excited to have her here to talk to us all about how to eat for energy and be afternoon cravings. And I think as moms in the anxiety proof mama group, we all know that as moms, we need energy to keep up with those kiddos. So I think this will be a really great uh, chat to have with Brittany and, um, and Brittany, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to speak to your community. Yeah. So, um, we were speaking a little bit before this, but I'd love for you to share with my group of moms, you know, like who you are, what you do, how many kiddos do you have? And, um, and what brought you, what brought you from being a surgeon to move into health coaching? Cause like myself, we, we, you know, share a similar past. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. So hello everyone. Again, I am a mom. I'm a mom of three. I've got two boys, they are nine and seven, and I've got a two and a half year old daughter and she's upstairs sleeping right now. Nice. Yeah, that was like my last live. My kids were supposed to be sleeping too and they were not having it. They came down midway through, so. (laughs) So I've got an ear out, but I think we're safe. And I am, I'm a board certified vascular surgeon. I live in the U.S. in Connecticut, so in the East Coast. I've been in practice for five years. I just recently left a position as an employed position with a big group of vascular surgeons because it just wasn't what I wanted for my patient care experience any longer. I think what I really like about being a care provider is the connection Mm -hmm. and making a real life sustainable difference. And honestly, that's really difficult to do in a traditional healthcare setting, especially when managed care is involved. And I know care is managed differently in Canada and the US and in Europe. But what I really realized is that I wanted to be able to truly coach my patients, which is very different from doctoring. So that's really my focus at this point. And my people are high achieving moms. And so that's who I mostly attracted into my world. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I can, I, I know we said before, but I can identify with so much of that, right? Our, our medical hat kind of limits us in how we can interact and how much, you know, real connection and depth you can get with people and how much change you can make, right? I think maybe, maybe way back when doctors, you know, doctoring became a thing, we, they were probably mostly coaches and educators, right? Yes. And, and, and I think that a lot of us feel drawn to that in the helping profession is that we do want to really help. Um, people get lasting change, right? We don't just really want to adjust medications or do surgeries, you know, when people have already have health problems, we right. really want to help them live healthy lives. And so it's very similar in my motivations in coaching. So I love that. And I love to be able to connect with you. So that's awesome. great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you said you have three kiddos, so that keeps you busy as well. Oh, yes. And so, right. Just like we were saying, I, I get it. You need energy. It's, you know, the energy you need Monday through Friday, maybe different than the energy you need Saturday through Sunday, but it's all very full. And so absolutely. That's awesome. And I know as a mom myself, keeping everyone fed can be a lot of work. (laughs) And sometimes moms tend to be the last on the list, right? Especially, you know, if you have a couple kids and everyone has different events or activities or school or something, it tends to be that before you know it, you've gone hours and hours, maybe without eating anything. And then you grab what's handy or convenient that makes you feel like garbage, you know? And so I'd love to dig into, you know, what, how, what sort of tactics do you have for moms for kind of keeping your energy sustained throughout the day? Sure. Oh my goodness. Of course. So believe it or not, I mean, it's absolutely eating. It's all about nutrition, but one of the biggest things that I really love to talk to moms about is hydration. You know, it's not even a food per se, it's water, 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 mm-hmm. water. <laughs> and in the US, and I'm willing to bet that it's similar across the globe, but in the US, 75% of us are chronically dehydrated, meaning we get nowhere near the amount of water that we actually need to sustain our life. And I think we can probably think back and think that we might fall into that category Mm -hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. So if I asked, when's the last time you peed? (laughs) And you're like, hmm, let's think, and you can't really think about it, you're dehydrated. (laughs) Yeah, true that, true that. Right. It really should, it should be pretty frequent. And so even before I get into trying to calculate, which we can, um, and really get granular about Mm -hmm. that, I think just in general, drinking more water will absolutely help your energy and it'll help really how you feel and perceive yourself all day long. Definitely. And I think, I mean, a lot of moms I find too, because they don't drink a lot. Well, my patients in general, when I see them, like a lot of people have, and this is getting real doctorish right away, y'all. So sorry about that. But like a lot of women are really constipated because they don't drink enough water and and right. Being full of poop literally is draining, right? You don't feel good. You're bloated. You don't, you know, you just, your energy is crap. No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and drinking water in itself, right. Is like the best way to keep everything moving so that your body is functioning properly. So Uh, I love that. I'm a huge water bottle person. I carry mine around all the time. I don't think you'll ever find me without it. Um, and some tips even for myself, but like I find an open bottle that I have to actually pick up and drink. I'm less likely to drink out of, but a straw bottle, I actually am more likely to drink out of. 
So, okay. if that's, you know, if somebody's looking at increasing water intake, that's the one thing that I sometimes I'm like, switch to a straw cup if you can, because it's way more convenient to just be doing something else and drink yeah. out of a straw cup anyways, but True. we'll go on. So water yeah. intake, love that. So do you <laughs> recommend a certain, like, I mean, like you said, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but if people were like, well, I sure. think I drink a lot of water, you know, what would you recommend them to drink on average, like in a day to day basis? Yeah. So hold on to your hats, ladies, because it's actually a lot of water. <laughs> so if you're not great with it at this point, it might be a little bit mind blowing. So I recommend three liters. Okay. And there is a, there is a basis to it as Dr. Carly is suggesting. Um, and as a surgeon, particularly as a blood vessel surgeon, we're all about water. You know, your blood is mostly water. Really your entire body is mostly water. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to surgery, especially just before surgery, during surgery, and just after surgery, you're not eating or drinking anything or the patient isn't mm-hmm. the person who's getting surgery. And so we have to be really capable of maintaining nutrition, at least at a baseline during those times when someone's not able to do it. And so it's all about hydration really. So we can definitely calculate it out, mm-hmm. uh, but for what we consider really sort of average sized, which I know yeah. is a pretty poor term, but it's the best we've got. It's right at three liters, but, and that's really a minimum. Like I know it sounds like a lot, especially if it's sort of a growth edge for you. Um, but that's really like a survival amount. It's not even really taking into account extra activity or changes in climate or illness. (laughs) So I recommend three liters. That's a good, I think that's a good benchmark. And I think a lot of the bottles, like these bottles are, um, like these contigo ones that we get here. I'm not sure you probably have them in the U S too, but like, these are the Costco bottles you can get everywhere. But like, I mean, half of it is 500 mils, right? So if you're drinking two of these, um, you're already over a liter and a half. So really it's like four to maybe five of these and, and, um, and kind of keeping track. That's an awesome, that's great. I think three liters is great. That's what I typically recommend people to as well. Yeah. And even in Alberta where it's exceptionally dry, we live in a desert. It's right now a snowy desert, but it's a desert, albeit, um, I, I, I notice, um, that if I'm not drinking enough water, my lips are super dry, but if you're drinking enough water, right. Then your skin's not dry. You don't feel like you're, you know, drying up with winter itch and all that sort of stuff we have that we experience a lot here. Um, and you don't have, you know, your stocks of lip balm everywhere because you're actually hydrated. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, 100% to all of that. And it's interesting too. I think sometimes there are a few things that happen when we're dehydrated, our, our mind, our brain gets a little bit confused because the centers that register thirst in the brain are right next to the ones that register hunger. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might think you're hungry, but you're really thirsty. And, and honestly, you're more likely thirsty. Your body is much more dependent yeah. on the water that you drink than the food that you eat. So yeah, water is such a good point. And probably for those of you who are listening, who are looking for weight changes, right. Which most women, I hate to say most women that sometimes, you know, looking for some sort of weight change, usually trying to lose weight. That's a really important point to know, right. Is that maybe you're not hungry and maybe you need to, you know, drink a bottle of water. And I know a lot of weight management programs or weight management advice. will talk about that. Like make sure, you know, drink a glass of water before you eat something. So um, just to make sure that you're not actually confusing the signs between hunger and thirst, which is amazing, which is a really good point. Okay. So hydration. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. What else can we um, do for, for energy all day? Yes. So I love recommending that clients make a plan. And when I say that, oftentimes there's like this immediate recoil, like a plan, like it's going to be yeah. <laughs> this massive undertaking, which I get, but rest assured that it doesn't have to be, it can be incredibly simple. It doesn't have to be a month long plan or even a week long plan. It can mm -hmm. be a three day plan. It can be okay. a plan for a day. Um, but I think it's really important to make a plan so that as you go forward, you know what you're expecting to eat. Mm -hmm. Your mind and your body are prepared for the day and for what you're going to encounter th for that day. So I know I was saying this to a client and it just happened to be a Wednesday and we were talking really early morning before she headed off to work. And she said, oh, it's Wednesday. It's donut Wednesday at work. And I said, well, are you having a donut today? Like you yeah. get to decide. So if you haven't made a plan and you get to the office and there are donuts in the break room, you're much more likely to get that donut if you haven't thought through your plan. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't planned to have a donut, then don't have a donut. Doesn't mean that you never get to have a donut. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does not mean that donuts are off limits to you. Just means that today it was not your intention to have a donut. Totally. Um, so I, I think making a plan is really helpful for so many reasons, but really for our mindset. Mindset. Mindset is huge in everything. Right. And I teach a lot of similar things less. I, I, I talk about, you know, having things be very intentional. Right. Yeah. And I usually recommend for, you know, my audience to, you know, take the first thing in the morning and maybe this is where they could integrate that is, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm a huge morning routine person, but not everybody is. And that's cool. But maybe when your kids are having breakfast or whatever, you can take a couple minutes to write down like the three things you're going to get done today, including your self-care. I always coach that that's at the top first things yeah. first couple things and then maybe writing down is that what you would recommend like kind of writing down so like at this time I'm gonna have you know this kind of snack and just planning ahead for it so that you have an intentional idea of what's gonna happen yes yes and so yes and I love that Carly and I would say right even right for when it comes to food I love plans in general yes I'm mm -hmm. sure we're similar in that way but when it comes to food I just want to differentiate between planning and prepping which don't even worry about that <laughs> don't even worry about the prepping that's something different but yes a plan just so that you have and I do think writing it down is really helpful mm -hmm. I love putting pen to paper but you can absolutely just put it into your phone just so that you know what your day looks like as far as food is concerned and water <laughs> yes <laughs> I and think water really yeah hard. yeah Perfect. Perfect. So planning, that's perfect. So we've got water so far, we're staying hydrated and then yeah. we're going to plan ahead for what we're going to eat in the day. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so one other, and I think we sort of hinted at it already. One other sort of mindset thing is, is just to really remember that food is always abundant, right? So when you make a plan and again, you might encounter something that's not on your plan and you might be tempted for it. Know that just because you're not having it in that moment or just because you're not having it in that day, number one does not mean that it's going to disappear from the earth. And number two does not mean that it's off limits to you because 
in general, unless you have a, an allergy or something serious, food is not off limits to you. You can enjoy it. It's, it's there for you. It's good. There's no food that is bad, but sort of using your terminology, yes, if you're more intentional about it, mm-hmm. in general, you can care for yourself better all day. Um, so I think really at sort of the heart of the way that I teach women when we're really talking about nutrition really comes down to balancing out their blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the water is a really big part of that, but I sort of call my methodology, the core four. And so oh. no water number one, yeah. um, but then it's sort of prioritizing three other nutrients and we can sort of get into it a little bit if you want, but mm-hmm. it's sort of prioritizing three other nutrients to make sure that throughout the day, your blood sugar is balanced so that when three o'clock hits or four o'clock hits, and I know it's a familiar feeling for a lot of us, we don't get that what I often call a hanger strike. Like you're just mm-hmm. like, I'm so hungry that yeah. no one can talk to me. I know I saw cookies around here somewhere and yeah. I need right now totally totally yeah <laughs> that sounds very similar very familiar for me <laughs> and sweets is a big one for me when my sh- when my blood sugar goes down I always am going for the sweets and it's usually the 3 p.m or the 4 p.m which is you know I think when we're also raising children and we're trying to well we're all raising children but when we're raising children and trying to also model healthy food behaviors and healthy mindful yeah. eating for our children so that they're not having, you know, like abnormal or unhealthy relationships with food, right? Yeah. It's also absolutely. learning how can we, you know, how can we model the right thing in that moment for them, right? Yes. Specifically yes. not go reach for the bag of cookies because they're seeing that and they will, you know, do that as well. Yes. Do you, is the, in the work that you do, do you find that you're doing a lot of unpacking of people's relationship with food? Um, yeah. yeah, I see that a lot, right? I see that and, and I've been more mindful myself about how I'm kind of helping my children develop a, a relationship with food and, you know, yeah. using words like bad foods or treats or, yeah. you know, or, or using them as rewards, or we only get them limited time or, or yes. different things like that. And how a lot of us grew up with that kind of talk, right. That you have Absolutely. to clear your plate before you got a snack or before you got a treat at the end of dinner, right. Those sorts of things. Yeah, and absolutely. So I would suspect that's what a lot, like a lot of what you're doing is kind of reprogramming maybe yes. women's relationship with food. Yes. And yeah, and thank you for picking up on that, which is why, right, one of my big messages is eating is good. Food is good. Yes. Nothing is bad. Nothing is off limits. You know, we just had Halloween (laughs) and, you know, candy everywhere. There is always candy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's not going to disappear. So you don't have to have all the candy because candy is presented to you right now. Yeah. You can have that candy at any moment. And, you know, the Thanksgiving in the U.S. is coming up. And then I, I tease, I, I use the term, the holiday slip and slide. And I say, you know, we slip in October and we just yeah. slide on down through the new year because yeah. we're celebrating. And then there are these treats and these savory breads and, oh, yeah. my friend brought cookies. And yeah. if we understand, you can always have that food. Yes. And we can talk about, you know, special celebrations, but you can always have that food. There are some things that are very sacred and special to celebrations. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they aren't all. And so because yeah. that 
it is presented to you more in those moments doesn't mean that it's only available in those moments. You can have it totally. <laughs> well, that's just it. Right. And I think the more we, cause I think it's almost like that mentality, like, well, if it's here now, I better eat it because I'm not going to allow myself to have it the rest of the year because it's bad. Right. right. And, and it's very simple. Like our brains don't like to be told to not do things. Right. Yes. Like they don't. And that's what I teach women all the time about their anxiety is like, stop trying to force it away. And it's the right. same kind of thing. Stop trying to force away the good foods because you're only going to want them more. It's yes. like anytime you've told your child, they can't have something. They ask 17 times after that because they know that you said no. Right. Yes. And so yeah. embracing that beautiful mindset of that food is good for us. Right. Eating. And I love food. I'm a huge food fan. I just like, right. Finding the yeah. right foods that you love and, and that make your body feel good and all that like it's a positive thing and I think so many of us as women see food in such a negative light or we have a negative relationship with it and it's quite sad but yeah agree 100% agree and I think sort of along with that I you know if you do have a day that's off or a moment that's off or a week that's off I remind people and I'll remind everyone now it doesn't mean that you can't write it. It doesn't mean that if you ate something and it wasn't the best choice, you didn't quite prepare, you didn't really have your plan or you veered from your plan. It doesn't mean that you cannot do a bit better next time. It doesn't mean that you can make a better next time. You don't have to continue down the ravine (laughs) and continue to feel worse and feel more guilty. Just enjoy it and know that it's all there for you. Totally. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I, there's, this might not con- con- directly connect, but I use this analogy that I learned from Brooke Castillo, which you might be familiar with her in the yeah. life coach school, but she, she shares this, um, this like red, um, red light kind of, uh, I don't know what you call it example or something, but it's like, if you were going to get groceries and your goal was say in your, in your perspective would be like, you know, I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to, you know, eat for energy and do these awesome things and follow this plan. If that's your goal at the end of the day. Right. And, and she likens that, that your goal is like getting groceries. And then as you're in your car going to get groceries, you hit a red light right? You don't Mm -hmm. just quit and turn around and go home and not go to your plan, right? Like, or go to do your goal and get your groceries. You're not just like, oh God, I failed again. Like I might as well not even bother because that would seem, seem silly. Right. And so it's kind of like just pushing on through and you might hit another red light and you might, you know, mess up a little bit on your plan again. But again, it's not like you're like, well, groceries aren't for me anyways. Like, no, you just kind (laughs) of keep going. Right. And I love that analogy because it's useful in so many different ways. I think women are really good at making like a slip up mean failure about them. Like, it's like, well, I don't know why I bothered. Right. Right. And then just letting yourself go down that path of like, I shouldn't have tried anyways. And then the shame and all that sort of stuff. And absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Right. Because there's, there's nothing is perfect, but it's about sort of overall, it's about what you do mostly, mm-hmm. <laughs> not what you did once in a while. Totally. So don't yeah. let that once in a while be your focus. Totally. I always use 80, 20. Like that's my favorite rule ever, because yeah. especially you're, you mentioned you're in Enneagram three and I'm in Enneagram three with a close one as a follow-up, which <laughs> is the perfectionist. Yeah. And so that was a real, un, you know, and I had to deprogram that. And, and I love this, the idea of like 80, 20, right. You're yes. okay. You're still a human. If 20% of the time you just don't, you can't do whatever it is that you're trying to do. And that yeah. I think applies so much to eating healthy and exercising and, and all this, because using this perfection, I'm going to be perfect 100% of the time just sets us up for failure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right? 
Yeah. yeah it's just, it's, there's no reality to it. It is, it yep. doesn't exist. And yeah. so I absolutely agree. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Can we shift a little bit gears and talk a little bit about body image? I had talked to you about this before. Um, I know as new moms, there's lots of new moms in my group. And I think any mom deals with this is that, you know, what, how we were beforehand, right. Before mm-hmm. having kids is usually metabolically quite different and yeah. our clothes maybe don't fit the same, or we've gained that extra 10, 15, 20, sometimes even 50 pounds after having a baby. And, and it's, it's hard because we get these messages, I think in the media that like, you should be respecting and loving your body and being so proud of it, which you absolutely should, right? Like yeah. your body did create one, two, or even in your case, three humans. And so it is a, something to be revered and, and loved. Um, yeah. But then a lot of women also kind of get the conflict between, yes, I love my body, but I also want it to be, you know, slimmer, or I want to feel better. I want to be healthier. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit and what your approaches okay. are with that? Sure. Yeah, I love this question. And it's obviously so sensitive, right? Because yeah. we are judged by the way we look. You know? And so not only are we judged by others, but we judge ourselves by the way we look. And we've got all of these messages coming in from outside about how that should be. And there's a lot of comparison. And Mm -hmm. so I would say my first thought about that is, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I like to talk about body respect, Mm -hmm. not in comparison to, but um, I focus on body respect, I would say, not body love, because I think it's okay. And I think it's reasonable that perhaps there are things that you want to change. And so I would just like to say, you don't need to feel shame for that. Like you get to, first of all, decide how you feel in your body, attempt to shut out all the outside messages that are coming in and decide how you actually feel in your body. And if there's something that you change, whether it's your hair color or your gene size, Mm -hmm. it's up to you, but do it with respect for your body. Um, And I feel like sometimes love is a little tough and I think we Mm -hmm. can get there. Um, And I think sometimes it helps even to describe the body as a machine. Like our bodies are machines. They're magnificent. Mm -hmm. They do many things. They carry us through this world. And as women, yes, either it's never easy it's often a struggle but they do bring life into this world and machines need to be respected machines need to be cared for they need baseline maintenance Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes they need a little fixer upper um but your body is a machine and however it looks to you on the outside however sometimes it feels even on the inside it is doing good work for you Mm -hmm. so if you want it to keep doing good work for you, you have to take care of it. So I, I try to talk about respecting our bodies at a baseline. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I do, I agree with the, like this whole self-love idea or body love kind of mm-hmm. can be really challenging for people that are like, yeah, I love my body because it created my baby, but I really don't love that I'm four sizes bigger. And that's a really hard place to be. And I think, you know, I was just, t- I, I was just talking about this in my postpartum group with um, in town here that I run. And there's a couple of really new moms, right? Like they're like babies are three or four months old and they just don't like how they feel, right? They don't like how they 
look. They're like, I've been, I'm heavier than I've ever been. And yeah. that that's a really hard place to be in, I think yes. for a lot of moms. And, um, I don't know if you would have any tips even on how to just even start to take baby steps towards for postpartum moms specifically, a lot of them are already active and they're doing lots of stuff, but what about, you know, for breastfeeding moms, let's say, let's narrow it down breastfeeding moms. Um, yeah. can you talk, or maybe that's not exactly who you work with, but maybe could you speak a little bit about, um, you know, what steps a breastfeeding mom or what approaches mindset they could take to, um, you know, what am I trying to say to just take some steps towards getting back to their, you know, whatever their, their ideal is for themselves. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I would say, gosh, so many things. I love this I question, <laughs> um, but I would say it's going to take time and that's probably not what we want to hear, but it's just true. There's no magic amount of time and mm -hmm. whatever that amount of time is, is different for everyone. And so there's an excellent chance that as you're trudging along and doing your best, that you're not seeing improvements, that you're mm -hmm. not seeing like, I personally do not weigh myself. It's just not a thing for me. And I don't encourage my clients to, but if you are, if you're looking at the scale, if you're looking at how much you weigh and there's this number that you wanna hit and you feel like you're at a plateau, keep going, hang in there. Like yeah. it will come, but you have to keep going. And there's no guarantee at what, when it will happen for you, but mm -hmm. just know that it, you will get there as long as mm -hmm. you are caring for yourself, just keep going and it will improve. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think again, it's really, you know, if you're breastfeeding, just know, first of all, you are working hard. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Like you, right. You, you feel that, mm -hmm. um, very physically and probably emotionally and mentally, but you are burning some serious calories. And when it comes to truly losing weight, that's what you need to do. You need to get rid of more calories than you're actually taking in. And so if you're fortunate enough to be able to nurse your baby, then you, you are doing that. So again, just stay the course and know, mm -hmm. um, you're hungrier. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're you're also thirstier, right? Again, breast milk is one yeah. of those things that's 90% water. So it's sort of back to point number one, drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sort of pay attention, you know, sort of just quickly the other nutrients, you know, they're, they're not groundbreaking, but they are uh, fiber. I really like to talk about. Um, yeah. So really the good stuff in carbs. So I like to say veggies before fruits. Mm -hmm. um, and healthy grains. It's protein. So meats, seafood, um, but also things like hemp. And then it's fats. So nuts and nut butters and mm -hmm. coconut milk and olives and oils. Um, but sort of prioritizing those things and making sure though, every time you eat something that you have a combination of all of those, that it's not sort of unbalanced right. um, will really maintain your blood sugar throughout the day because what you're feeling at that three or four and it's happened to all of us is your blood sugar dropping mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's likely it's most likely a sign that throughout the day your blood sugar has been unbalanced and so it's really the work of the entire day 
to prevent that from happening. That from happening, which I think is really important because if you think about that happening to us as adults, it also tends to be happening at that same time for our kids. And if your kids are coming home from school, I don't have school-aged children yet, but I would suspect that like that coming home from school with that hanger that they're bringing and then you're hangry, yeah. it's probably just like, Blah, like really yeah. bad. So I, I'm a huge advocate for kind of, we tend to focus on our kids and how are we going to make sure our kids are okay. But yeah. in your, you know, your um, perspective, which is amazing. I have, I share a lot of the same perspectives is that we ought to turn the lens a bit to mom and how yeah. are we supporting mom throughout the day so that when the kids do come home and they are hangry, she's not yeah. right. Yeah. How can you get a plan you know, how can you really look at yourself, like you said, as a machine who's keeping your whole, you know, system, your, your family going, um, how can you fuel it? How can you fuel that system optimally and keep getting a baseline? Right. And so I love that you talk about those, you know, couple things to focus on. And, and so what you're suggesting is to, you know, each time you eat something, whether it's a snack or a meal to make sure that you're doing you know, focusing on those nutrients to keep that blood sugar stable. And that's keeping you at your baseline, right? You're not like, yeah. why is this afternoon so terrible? If you're keeping a baseline, right? And you know, well, it's not me because my sugar's good and I'm not hungry, right? We just need less moving parts, I think, as moms. Yeah. And I think a system like that, that's simple and tells them just do, you know, more or less do this kind of thing. Keep focus on these simple things for yourself to keep a baseline. I think it's yeah. so valuable. Yeah, I think so. And right. And it doesn't, have to look pretty and it doesn't have to be sexy and it's just not you know it it can be very simple and I agree absolutely that's what we really need it to be we really need it to be simple and it and it can be simple but I think it's a nice framework to work within like you can look at your bowl your plate your smoothie cup and say Mm -hmm. where's my water yeah. where's my fiber all right so I just keep it simple greens it's a great option yeah um did I add protein and is there some fat and you're in great shape and if you do that all the time then yeah they're pretty simple I think maybe some moms like for you and I, and this is where I forget as the doctor thing, sometimes we have a little bit more knowledge about where those things can be found in food. Yeah. Right. Like some of it's very natural and people like, oh yeah, chicken is protein, obviously. Um, But some people might not know like different foods that have better fiber or better, you know, better fats or whatever. Um, Do you usually have somewhere you refer people to, or maybe you have sheets, I don't know what you have in your business, but you know, like (laughs) quick this this is your protein sources this is your just so so moms can mix and match right because that would be absolutely yeah yeah so for my you know we again we were chatting before so one of my programs I call the sugar solution lab and it's sort of like a foundational nutrition program just talking just about this you know about sort of that core four framework about reading nutrition and ingredient labels, about searching for sugar that's hidden in the prepackaged foods that we eat and about sort of making a good plan for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do include PDFs, um, but I think, you know, yes, okay. keeping it yeah. really simple. I talk about fiber, like I don't really talking about carbs, but I want people to understand where fiber is coming from. Um, yeah. So green leafy vegetables are a simple one. Mm-hmm. Um, bright, colorful vegetables <laughs> mm-hmm. are a simple one. Um, I think, yeah, protein, we usually understand, but I, so I would love to just say like a couple of things about fat. I think a lot of times we think of nuts as a mm-hmm. protein source but they're not really like when, when I categorize a food, 
I'm categorizing it based on what it contains mostly. Okay. So nuts have protein. Yes. <laughs> they have fiber too, but they have proportionally more fat. So I really consider them a fat source. So it's nice to have sort of a reference to look at because no food mostly is just one of those four. Totally. Um, they're just mostly one. Um, so I do have some reference materials to help people, especially as they're learning. It's nice to be able to get something. Yeah, that's awesome. And that program sounds awesome. Awesome. Like I can see that being so helpful to just get a bit of groundwork for yourself to figure out. And then I, I remind my moms all the time about this, whatever you're going through, you're like the perfect mom for whatever your kid's going to go through. Right. So if you're like, man, my nutrition knowledge is you know, not that great. I could use some, everything you're doing spills down to them. Right. And so just remember that everything that you're struggling with, anything that you're dealing with, you are modeling how to healthily deal with that. Right. If you're taking these steps to educate yourself and, and all that sort of stuff. And I love that you mentioned carbs because I think that in the keto fad that we're in right now, right. There's so (laughs) many people doing keto, um, which, which I have seen lots of people get results for through that. But, but I think we, we see now a lot of people see carbs as like the devil and, And, and I don't sit on that fence. I, you know, I'm like, I don't think that they're the devil. I really love right. bread. Um, yeah. but you know, but yeah. I think it's a really important to say carbs have a lot of good things for us, like yeah, fiber, absolutely. which is important. Yeah, I think, right. Absolutely. I think a few things about that for one, yes, keto people definitely get results. I think one thing is I don't like to recommend a lifestyle that I think is difficult to sustain. And so I would say, then I I see you nodding, like I would say, don't even start something if you can't see yourself doing it in five years. Just why? You don't have to jumpstart your body. Like Mm -hmm. I know I made the machine analogy, but it's not a car that's out of juice. It doesn't need to be jumpstarted. You can just start and keep going. (laughs) So I don't love keto or things like that for that reason. I don't really think it's sustainable for a lifetime. And I know some people have been doing it for years, but Mm -hmm. I think most of the time that's pretty tough to do forever. Um, And then the other thing, yeah, I think, great carbs. There's nothing wrong with carbs. And I just like to, again, emphasize that veggies are carbs. (laughs) Fruits are carbs. I think we get, we write, we totally vilify bread and potatoes and cakes and cookies. Sure. Those are carbs. Um, but so is celery. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Totally. And celery is a lot of water too. So it's not bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know it's, it's, it's a little bit silly, but yeah, you know, carbs are good, right? They have, they're big sources of fiber. And so you can prioritize really the carbs that impact your body the best still, it doesn't mean that any carbs are off limits to you. But I think if we really focus on the fiber content, it's like a nice positive spin to it. Yeah. Something just came to mind and maybe this will be like not the best topic to talk about, but it reminded me. So a lot of the diets that we see, like a lot of these like keto or, you know, I think keto is, I think similar to what Atkins was like what, five, 10 years ago. Right. Um, these, these very dramatic diets that I have huge exclusions and I hundred percent agree with you. Like you start with motivation and you're all pumped up and I never would tell somebody not to do something they were motivated about. 
But I think sometimes we don't realize our motivation like has a bottom and you're going to run out at some point. And so you have to be able to go back to a system that is going to be sustainable. And I'm a huge, I I agree completely with that. And I don't know about, you would probably know more than me in this way, but like about the research specifically behind, you know, keto in that, I'm not sure how much there is, but the the diets that do have research for, you know, vascular disease and cardiovascular disease and all these sorts of things it talks right. about like kind of what you're talking about, right? Healthy fats, a Mediterranean diet, right? Like yeah. that's the one that has, you know, in the research, I think the majority of evidence for longevity and for health and necessarily yeah. probably for weight maintenance as well. I don't think that's exactly what the studies are for, but mostly like preventing yeah. cardiovascular disease and stroke. Correct. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's tough because, right. I think, you know, as care providers, when we learned, about diets, you know, certainly in our sort of professional scope, a diet was simply the way that you eat. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. But in society, that's not what a diet is. A diet is this restrictive way of eating. It's more than just the way you eat. It's restrictive. It's, it tells you what you, it has a do not eat list attached to it. And I think that's really tough. And And those diets overwhelmingly don't work. And so, you know, research shows that, and it's only like at 10 years, you know, these studies only go out for about 10 years. It's not a lifetime. Yeah. (laughs) But when you look at someone and yes, usually the end point is weight loss. And so when you look at someone who started that sort of diet, um, and that's really more like Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig and those sorts of things that they started them with a goal. And then 10 years later, not only were they not at that goal, but they often were weighing more than they were at the start. And so I think it just goes to, it speaks to, again, that, that restrictive feeling just doesn't work again. Like we don't like to be told what we can't have. Um, And so I, I think it's sort of all of the things again, just sort of emphasizing sort of the more positive attributes of food and that food is good. And let's talk about eating more of all of the good stuff. And we don't really have to talk about what's not good. And if we have this goal of eating lots of good stuff, naturally we're going to kind of squeeze out the stuff that's not so good. It's going to, there's going to be less room for it. Yeah. Um, So yeah. The D word. Yeah. It comes down to the mindset again, like what you're talking about. Right. And, and like in those studies, I think, um, I I have a phrase and maybe this is not a great phrase, but when patients come and ask me, I I was just, you know, about keto or about, you know, these, these restrictive diets. Um, I always say to them, like, if there's something that you're thinking there's a wagon, you're going to fall off of, like, let's not try to get on the wagon, right? Let's try to find something that you can keep walking. Like you can keep going something that's going to be maintainable because you're eating like, you know, real foods that are around all the time. You're not making drastic changes. If you're a person who loves cheese, you're probably not going to successfully cut it out of your diet. right? Right. Um, so instead changing that from this super restrictive idea to something that's like, you can have cheese. Cheese is good for you. Cheese has lots of good things too. Let's just, you know, like you said, fill our diets with all these other amazing good things. And then, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, this was like amazing. Like I said, I always like run out of like time before we run out of things to talk about. Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about today or share with the audience watching um, who uh, that we haven't spoken about yet? Sure. No, I mean, I, I think that's really my biggest message is that food is good, that whenever you're not feeling good about what you're eating, 
um, then just take a step back and sort of look at your day globally. You know, if you're mm -hmm. feeling badly and we know it's, well, there are probably two big times of the day, that three to 4 p.m. And then sort of after nightfall, mm -hmm. um, as it's getting later, and especially if we're staying up later, especially if we have a kiddo who's ill or a tiny baby for the brand new mamas in the mm -hmm. group, um, or a potty training kid. There are so many reasons that our days get extended. So that tends to be another tough time, um, which tends to have us grabbing for things that we're, we're not necessarily intending to do. So I would just say, try to be mindful of how the day has looked overall. And mm -hmm. if the day has not gone according to plan, the day has not gone as you would have hoped, then just know that you can get it back on track. There's no reason mm -hmm. to throw it all away. Nothing is perfect. Exactly. You, are, you are great and food is good and just keep going. Yeah. And that you are in control, right? Yeah. At, the end, at the end of the day, like I think so many of us feel like we're somewhat victims to the cravings. Like, mm -hmm. oh, and the night's going to come and I always crave X at, you know, nine. Mm -hmm. And when I'm watching TV or something is that you actually have you know, control over what you do on that, like how you act on that craving, right? Or yeah. that if you can anticipate, like, again, going back to your planning, if you can anticipate that you're going to be up late at night, I, it, when you said that, it actually reminded me when my twins were newborns and I was, we were up, God, like, when weren't we up? Um, yeah. My husband and I, you know, I, I, we were really lucky that I, somebody had brought us those like little awesome power balls with like peanut butter and chocolate chips and stuff that the one time that we started making them and we kept them in the fridge. And so when I was up at two in the morning for the, you know, eighth time that night, that's what I grabbed because I knew I'd be hungry and I was nursing and, and, you know, so it's always just having that plan. And yeah. usually as moms, something that's easy to grab, easy yeah. to eat, right. Have the veggies cut up in the fridge if you can, yes. right. Have the power balls available, have, you know, good, healthy, wholesome foods so that when you're busy, which we all are, you can yeah. grab something, right? Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think, um, just and keeping it simple, you know, and it, it looks a little bit different for everyone. Um, I like to prep things the night before. Um, and if I don't, then sometimes if I'm heading to an office for the day, I'll bring the veggies whole with me and it yeah. can just happen there. You know, it does, there's nothing true about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does not, you don't have to do anything in a certain way for it exactly. to work for you. Right. <laughs> Getting ideas, just getting new ideas to do that, right? Like different ways to do it, different ways to get nutrition and, you know, and just yeah. keep trying new things, like you said, and keep going, which is the yes. best. So how can our Anxiety Proof Mamas find you, Dr. Brittany Howell? Yes. Um, so yes, yeah, so I have a fan page on Facebook and it's Dr. Brittany. If you search it, you have to spell out doctor and you can see the way my name is spelled here, but it's B-R-I-T-T-N-Y. Um, I'm also Dr. Brittany, but then MD on Instagram. Um, and I am running a challenge starting the 17th. It's actually called Eat for Energy. Oh, it's awesome a five day free challenge talking about much of what we talked about today, um, but with a little daily guidance from me um, in a private Facebook group. So Fine. I that love awesome. to interact. And I know, I don't know if you want to mention the raffle because I do yeah. have 
weekend meal plan. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So Dr. Brittany has very generously offered to raffle off um, her weekend meal plan for, for moms for eating through the weekend. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And so a good, a, probably an awesome way to get a taste of what these little meals or these different meals would look like that incorporate the four things that you talk about. Um, and so we're going to have a copy of that to raffle off. So I think what I'm going to do is I'll leave this video up for probably 24 hours for people to drop comments and questions okay. or anything follow up um and then once you know if you've dropped your comment you'll be entered into the draw for that and then we'll get we'll get you in touch with Brittany for that so that's really awesome and please drop as well Brittany your contact info under the video because I think you're in anxiety proof mama are you not are I you? am yeah I am so yes. um so drop it all under that in the video and um on the comments there and then everybody will know how to find you and get started with your challenge which sounds amazing I think for those of you I mean we talk not about jump starting things and I agree but I think that's a good way to transition. If you're looking for a way to just learn a little bit more, you don't want to make a huge maybe commitment, you know, to, you know, hire a trainer or hire a coach, which we didn't talk about, which we should have talked about was coaching and how valuable it is. Right. Like I, like we've all drank the Kool-Aid now we've worked with coaches. We are coaches. We totally know that coaching is the way to sustain like success in whatever it is. Right. right. So having that right. in your back, you know, in your corner, like, helping you put like supporting you and believing that you can do everything is so valuable. So yeah, I love what you're doing with women. I think you're probably doing going to be amazing at it. And again, congratulations for leaving your surgery practice with <laughs> blows my mind. Um, and <laughs> this you. is such a fun talk. So yeah, everybody drop your comments and questions um, for Dr. Brittany or I in the comments below this video. And, um, and thanks for watching and uh, yeah. have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get updated each week when a new episode is released. Have comments or questions about this episode? Reach out to me on either Instagram or Facebook at Carly Crew or through my website at carlycrew.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with someone you love or snap a screenshot and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can say hello. As always, remember, you're meant for more mama and there's nothing wrong with that.